Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 138. Hi, this is Frank Bria, and you are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Today's amazing guest, Frank Bria, is all about high-ticket selling. And in this episode, we want to make it easy for you. Frank Bria is the author of the internationally best-selling book, Scale, How to Grow Your Business by Working Less. He is the go-to authority on scalable program design and execution, and he has helped thousands of entrepreneurs design and execute their high-ticket programs. So if you are a coach or a consultant and a healer and you have something that you can package up, this episode is really for you. It's going to show you how you can scale your business with ease, how you can create massive, massive value for your clients and how you can have fun in the process. So enjoy the episode with Frank Bria. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show today, Frank. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm uh, honored to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, you're so welcome. And we have such an amazing topic. I'm so excited to get to share that with my audience because it's all about high tickets. And it's a wonderful way to get people engaged in your work, to get people committed to your work, as well as for you to deliver outstanding value and then come up with a high ticket offer, which helps each business because no sales, no business. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's dive in like that. What, how do you define high ticket so that people, you know, that might still charge by the hour, do not really have packages, might be up and down on, in their own journey. What can they learn if they hear the word or words high ticket? Yeah, that, that's a really good question because a lot of people have different definitions of you know, what, what is low ticket and high ticket. And, you know, I, I don't have like a number that I would say that's the issue. The, it's more of a mindset. So I think the, the, a high ticket offer is something where you are delivering enormous value to your client. In fact, I tell people to think about solving a six-figure or even seven-figure problem for their audience. So that means you're generating $100,000 or euro or pounds or whatever you know, currency of value to your client. And if that's the case and you learn to price based on value, um, you, you want to deliver some kind of a 10 to 20 times return on investment. And so... If you're, if you're delivering $100,000 of value, you can easily charge between five and $10,000 for that. So, you know, I, I kind of think about high ticket in that sense. If, you know, I, if it's 3,000, 5,000, 8,000, that, that's not really the, the issue. It's more, are you delivering massive value and are you getting paid to deliver that massive value? Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely don't talk about like, overcharging we, right. we do want to give the value in return but just that people get an idea it's not the $500 program or the $1000 no. program there's right. much more to it right and when you when you're looking at the industry what did you see in the businesses that the change in the businesses that applied that strategy and delivered amazing value but also charged a high ticket right the 
really there are two major things. First of all, um, you know, there are a lot of people who say that high t- being able to charge a higher price is just a mindset problem. You know, if you just get up in the morning early and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm worth it, you know, can you raise your prices? And while there definitely is something to that, that that's not enough. You can't just take your same $500 product and slap a zero on the end and yeah. suddenly make it 5000 You really do have to change how you structure your services because you need to be focused on helping your client get the outcome they really want. So the first transformation is that a lot of times we, we focus, we have to focus now on, um, well, I am a social media expert. And so all I do is help people manage their Twitter accounts or something, you know, that we have to move beyond that to, okay, what does that really mean for my client? What, why do they even care about their Twitter account? Well, it's because they want leads and sales. And so you have to think about sort of expanding out your, uh, your service offering to delivering the end result that your client actually wants. And so it's easy to kind of hide in, well, all I do is I just write copy, you know, or all I do is I just, you know, if that's what you're saying is all I do is just fill in the blank, then you've missed something, right? The, the, the true value uh, needs to be there. So these businesses first have to transform by realizing that they're in business to get their client the end outcome and not just one little piece of the pie. So that's the first thing. The second thing that has to happen is that you need to be fiercely committed to getting your clients an actual result, to getting the value out of it. Um, so many, you know, and we, we all hear it. There's so many people who will put out a course and they say, oh, I just teach people. I don't really care if they put it into practice. That's their problem. It's not my problem. They're just teaching me, you know, I'm, they're just paying me to teach like that. I just reject that attitude (laughs) completely. As a service provider, we have a responsibility to do everything in our power to help our clients get the result that they want. Now, clearly, they still have to take action. But if we haven't thought through all of the support mechanisms, all of the content, all of the accountability, all of the mentorship, answering all the possible questions, like everything that they would need to get results, to be successful, then we haven't done our job yet. And so as you move into a higher ticket offer, you know, the expectations go up. And so the second transformation I see is businesses starting to take more accountability for their clients actually getting results. And I think that's an amazing, good thing. Um, I'm glad to see it. Uh, but that's, those are kinds of the, the two major transformations that occur. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, but you know, the truth is that in business, sometimes there are people that are so undercharging that they can easily slap that zero onto the 500 <laughs> and still deliver so much more value, right? Yeah, so yes, I, I, I'm sure there are, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and that's, that's shocking, actually. So but I, I love how you just said, and, and we're talking about a high ticket program, like something that would go like for six months or a year over a longer period of time. Um, it's not necessarily your one-on-one coaching um, right. where, you, where you handhold anyway, but it becomes a little bit more difficult when you have several people in the program 
to make sure that everybody is taking action, that everybody pushes through the blocks they have or the challenges they might be facing. So I love, I love that approach, thinking the program through in terms of what can I do to motivate the people to do what needs to be done. Right. right? Because transformation is not always that easy. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and no, and, in, and yeah. in fact, I was, I was going to say, most of what we see is that clients require three things. They require skills, they require accountability, and they require mentorship. And these are different. They're not the same. And so when you design a program, you have to make sure you're delivering the skills necessary, but skills are not enough. You know, people, a lot of times we think, well, I'll just teach them how to do it and they'll be fine. But without accountability and mentorship, there's no way for the client to have the support infrastructure they need to get the results. And so when you design a program, you have to think through how do we, how do we present skills? How do we create accountability? How do we allow for the potential for mentorship so that people can ask questions? People can say, okay, well, I learned what you taught me, but in my situation, you know, they are allowed to adapt for their own situation. And, and so when we get all three of those working, then we've surrounded the client with a lot more um, support, a lot more um, infrastructure, and that helps them put those skills into practice. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And I mean, you, you started several tech companies. So you definitely have taken a team from zero to success, right? And that also gave you the background probably to create those high ticket programs because you knew what it took to put everybody on the same journey. Well, the interesting thing about software is that a lot of people think about it as product, but fundamentally most software starts as a service, especially higher end software. So um, I spend a lot of time in the tech companies just taking a consultative process or taking an analytic process and turning it into a repeatable uh, form so that it became a product. And uh, yeah, so I, I started up, a, a, we had a couple of, uh, of tech startups. Um, some of them were really successful. Some of them we drove into the ground. <laughs> That's just the way it goes in startups sometimes. Um, but then on the back end of that, because of the, a few of the exits that were really quite good, um, I was able to take that same process and use it for larger corporations. We, I was able to go into um, you know, large financial institutions, large uh, consulting organizations, uh, a lot of Fortune 500 companies, and, and help them do the same thing. And so that process that I've used for these larger corporations, it's so applicable to small business. And that's the, that's the thing that's been a lot of fun for me is to see all of that work that, you know, was years and years and multi-millions of dollars and spend for these folks that you can actually apply those exact same principles in a personal development company or a business coaching firm or um, health and wellness organization. And um, it's, it's really fun to see um, these programs like come to life where uh, the entrepreneur was just confused before, you know, they were really passionate about what they did, but they just weren't able to um, execute it in a repeatable way ever before. And so now they've got this great group and, and uh, they're all getting great results out of it and they're having a lot of fun with it. That's, that's really, that's the end state transformation. You just see the entrepreneur just loving what they're doing. 
Yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask is if it is applicable for smaller companies, but thank you for for answering <laughs> already. So let's let's say you know we probably have coaches listening in or personal development people, consultants, and they are might be at the point where they have filled their one-on-one coaching. And mm-hmm. so the question is like, there's only 24 hours in a day for right. all of us and you can't coach all day. You need to look after your business and you right. know, you should work on your business instead of in your business, what that might be a different story for a different time. So if somebody is really at the level where they say, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to free up some time, but I want to make sure that I don't lose the revenue or I right. don't lose the income stream what are the points they need to look for to figure out if a high ticket program is the next best step for them? Yeah. Well, uh, if people have run out of time and therefore, you know, I mean, a lot of coaches that use one-on-one coaching as their uh, main vehicle, uh, if they're successful at what they do, they almost all hit an income ceiling. In fact, um, you know, we did research in the United States in the census data. And we found that consulting firms that work in this kind of one-on-one way, they tend to max out somewhere between $250,000 to $400,000 a year. That seems to be an income ceiling they almost don't get past. Um, While services companies that are more productized or have a product, they're able to get past the ceiling a lot easier. So, if that's the case, if like if you're stuck in that income ceiling, you have to change. Like there's no other way. It's it's way too difficult to continue to push past this. So the question you have to ask yourself is take a look at the portfolio of clients that you have and start to group them together into journeys. What 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 often happens when you grow up a um, coaching practice is that you kind of take whoever, right? So people show up, it's like, oh, great, new client. This is amazing. Um, And sometimes they have nothing in common. You know, you're working on very different problems. But when you mature the the coaching practice, you start to find that there are common themes, common uh, problems that you're solving, common issues. Um, Maybe not with everybody, but with a lot of people. That then becomes the basis of starting to think through, okay, how do we create a program where I can still serve these folks uh, and do what I'm doing without firing everybody and having to start from scratch because that that's not a good plan for anybody. Um, and so it, the, it comes down to basically switching over to letting your clients tell you the story about where they want to go to you telling the story about where you want your clients to go. And uh, I call it a customer journey map. And you want to write down essentially, okay, if I had my ideal clients and I work with them for three years, what do they have at the end of the three years? What does that journey look like? And there are multiple milestones along the way, uh, multiple things they, they get, wins. What are they? You know, what, what processes do they have to go through over these three years to get this amazing thing? And you start to now talk about the customer journey rather than the weekly calls. And uh, once you develop a program that's aligned with that, you're able to basically say to your uh, one-on-one coaching clients, hey, you know what? We've got this great group. This is what we're going to do. And it's going to be better. One of the things that I talk about is 
a really well executed, executed group program is actually more effective than one-on-one -on -one coaching. And the reason that it's more effective is because uh, all of your clients begin to learn to give back through community. And one of the best ways to get people to take a skill and embody it is to teach it back. And so they essentially belong to a community where they're giving back. Now, you can't just throw them together and say, we're just going to get together once a week with no plan. But if you, if you uh, execute it, if you, if you strategically engineer for success, then it's better. So then you have a conversation with, hey, it's time to, to join a community and you can uh, migrate some of those folks over. Some might not. You know, some, some of your one-on-one -on -one clients may decide that's not what they want to do or you realize that, you know what, it's not actually a good fit for my business in general. It was just a job I took. You know, they're a nice person, but it doesn't really align with what I want to do. And so there's always going to be a bit of a, 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 a sifting of clients in that process. But that's usually the transition process um, to allow to free yourself up, you know. And yeah. uh, sometimes if you organize it well, you're actually able to charge more for a group program that executes well than one-on-one -on -one coaching. It all comes down to value and outcome. Yeah, I was just going to see if, if there's a value. The co group coaching program can be more, I, w I don't want to say expensive, like can you know have a higher ticket than the one-on-one -on -one coaching because of that community that you are bringing together. Right. Um, where people match so that everybody is delivering value for everybody at the same time that they are learning. Right. And I, I enjoy those environments uh, myself very much because, you know, somebody might ask a question you would have never thought of because in your mind, you are not even at this point yet. Right. But that opens up new doors. Right. So I love that. And I noticed that you said something three years. Why would you go for three years? So what uh, the, the three-year mark is, is there so that you're creating a, enough of a long-term view for the client. Now, that doesn't mean your programs are three years long. Mm -hmm. That just means you're building in a vision for working with people over a longer period of time. This is one of the things that we as entrepreneurs neglect. Um, because we get very tactical. We want to sell the very next thing. You know, it's a 12-week program or even a one-year program. And then we get to the end and we go, oh, what should I sell next? Like, what's the upsell? What's the continuity? And by understanding what journey you want to take people on over a longer period of time, it then becomes natural and it becomes part of the process. So if you have a very clear vision for what your ideal client should achieve over three years you can have that conversation in the very first coaching call, in the very first sales call even, where you say, listen, we're going to go up to the top of that big, huge mountain. Like that's what we're going to achieve. Now, of course, to get there, we're going to have to get to base camp. And before we get to base camp, we're going to have to, you know, do one small thing. So we're going to do that first. And it's an easier commitment. And you're not, you don't have to sign up for the journey to the top of the mountain but I'm just letting you know, this group here around you, we're going to the top of the mountain. And uh, it builds in a natural sense of long-term customer relationships. Because as we all know, it's so much easier to um, continue to work with an existing customer than it is to find a new one. So if we can build an acceleration of value and investment over that three years, then we're building a solid business plan. That's actually a really good business modeling. Um, 
So I find three years is a really good, it's a stretch for people to think three years out, what's it going to look like? But it's a really good exercise because you then put a stake in the ground. Like this is what I'm about. This is what our clients are going to get. This is the transformation we're going to create for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that bigger vision because I noticed that once the client understood, let's say they used to charge maybe a thousand for their program and we restructure it and the value is amazing and now they can charge five or seven or 10. Once they've done it once, they cannot go back. Right. Once you have right. experienced that level and right. then you deliver and you notice my client is so, so happy with everything she or he, he or she is receiving. You can never go back to that undercharging thing that was there before. Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, so speaking of charging and money, was it easy for you to ask for high ticket when you started selling it? You know, it's, it's interesting because I didn't grow up in the digital marketing space. I kind of came into it later. Um, it was sort of natural for me to be thinking about value. My very first job out of school was at a consulting firm in Chicago and they taught me everything I know. The partners of that company, brilliant, brilliant folks. They came out of, um, you know, the big accounting firms, the big consulting firms that they knew what they were doing. And they, they literally taught me everything. They taught me how to put a proposal together. They taught me how to talk to clients, make commitments to sell, to price, to, uh, you know, bind, bind the report up in a way that it looked really nice and pretty at the end. They literally taught me everything. And for them, it was all about value proposition. And we were doing work with very large corporations. And so you know, the very first projects we would do were $600,000, $1.5 million. And so that just became natural to me. And at the, at the peak of my consulting career, uh, it was, you know, we were selling between five and $18 million worth of services. So when I started in digital marketing, I started working with smaller companies. I knew we're not selling $18 million things, but um, I would start talking to people about pricing and their eyes would just get big. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? This is $300. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. That is not $300. Um, and then talking through this return on investment view of pricing, this value-based pricing, some people know it. I think some people weren't familiar with it at all because they were still just pricing based on time. Um, some people were familiar with it, but they hadn't sort of embodied it. It wasn't in their soul yet. And so, uh, you know, to talk through, okay, what are you actually doing for people? You're you know, you realize that when you're done working with them, you've created something that's worth, you know, millions of dollars. Even people in the personal development or the health space, we'd, we'd get them to start talking about things in different ways. I remember working with one, um, uh, one uh, fitness uh, professional. And in the fitness industry, it was so like, oh, like $100 a month is the maximum anyone will pay for fitness. <laughs> like, and we would start this particular uh, coach, she worked with uh, folks who were in their 50s, 40s and 50s, helping them um, have the sort of strength and vitality so that they could like play with their grandkids into their 70s and 80s, right? Like not be stuck in a chair or, you know, have a cane and not be able to play and, you know, still be able to live. And I'm like, how much do you think that's worth to people? I mean, 
so that in for, into their 70s and 80s, they have the health, the potential of having the health of being able to play with their grandkids. That's, a, that's huge. That's big. And when you start to recognize this value proposition, then it becomes easier. So for me, it's always been the opposite problem. I'll talk to people and they'll tell me about what they do. And they're like, yeah, that's a, I, we, we charge $15,000 for that. I'm like, that's easily $150,000 service you have there. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so that's been sort of our claim to fame is helping people find the value proposition and raise the price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so, so needed. I know when I structure with my clients, it's so difficult for them to see it because they are in that box. So they can't read the outside. Right. Yes, right. So they, they, for them, it's natural. It's something they just do. It's easy, effortless. So why charge for it? Right. And exactly. uh, yeah, that's such a great point. Um, you know, time with you just flies. And I'm happy we have set up a next interview. But also you brought us a really, really cool gift called Black Book. So where can people find it and what is it? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, because the program development work we do puts us behind the scenes for dozens and dozens and dozens of entrepreneurs, probably our teams looked at over hundreds of programs now, um, we're able to see what works and what doesn't work. And I always like to say there's no one right way to do it, but there are best practices. And we've uh, combined those best practices into what we call the 12-week core high-ticket program black book. And it is our Bible of standard operating procedures, basically how do you do onboarding? How do you do customer success? How do you do graduation? How do you um, handle complaints? How do you handle refund requests? Everything, all the best practices from all the programs that we've looked at, we've combined together in this book. It's over 60 pages long. Um, wow. Yeah, you can grab a copy of that for free if you go to frankbria.com slash blackbook. Blackbook, just one word. And um, grab a copy of that for free. It, it's not our typical, you know, if you go to the homepage, it's not the thing that's uh, on there. Um, but it's, you know, if, you, if you're putting a program together or you're running a program, especially if you're finding yourself kind of, you know, bogged down with details or you've got customers are complaining, um, you know, we're not getting value. I'm not really sure what I'm paying for. Uh, I'm sure one of these um, SOPs, one of these standard operating procedures is going to help you run it more effectively and efficiently. Yeah, and for those people who want to have a look into creating a high ticket program, that's obviously gold <laughs> because uh, it gives you a standardized procedure that you can follow to set up your own program um, and to get your business to the next level. Right. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for our next interview. I have so many more questions and I'm really, really excited. Thank you so much for having spent time with us and um, see you next time. Thank you. Well, I hope this episode really, really provided value to you and that you know now what a high ticket program is, what you need to do to deliver the amazing value so you can ask for more money and yeah, how to get started, how to get an idea and be inspired. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab with the show notes, the transcripts, the three key points for this episode, as well as all the links to Frank Brea with just one click away. And then when you really want to change your sales 
mindset into a sales success mindset and you want to tune in something that I used to make millions when selling high ticket live events over the phone, hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and sign in for the sales journaling to success. This is my 30-day free online course created for you where you receive one journaling prompt each and every day and some news or some knowledge around it, some content around it so that you can take it to your next level and make sales with ease, grace, confidence and ask your price. Have fun, enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. Mm -hmm.